Jack. You're listening to Ad Yak. Ad Yak is the official podcast of the AAF Greater Lehigh Valley Ad Club. Our mission is to inspire creativity and enhance the professional development of the advertising and marketing communities where we live and work. I'm your host, Bill Childs, and I'll talk with artists, designers, writers, directors, photographers, along with those who work in a creative capacity. Our aim here is to serve as a creative resource to help you stay informed, entertained, and above all, inspired. But first, I want to thank ASR Media. We appreciate your support and collaboration. Today on the podcast, I get to interview someone who has forged a career out of always putting herself in the best light. Someone who knows the power of the pivot and whose energy is off the charts. You could light a city with the wattage that emanates from her presence. I'm talking, of course, about Kate Hughes. Kate is one of those people that you only need to meet once to realize she's impossible to forget. Kate and I yak it up on a variety of topics that include the double-edged sword of being an overthinker or how gratitude can be a strong catalyst for change once you fully embrace it. This interview took place at the end of a very exhausting week for both of us. Kate was undeterred. Even though it would have been easy to reschedule, Kate felt we should forge ahead. Boy, am I glad we did. Kate's infectious attitude provided enough energy for both of us as I got to experience some of that energy during our ad yak. Our topics range from the power of personal reinvention to how we could all benefit from a little empathy from time to time. I learned that she's proud of her ability to put an efficient team together and is always ready to engage her creative side when solving life's challenges. She's tenacious, passionate about her family and friends, and has an intense determination when it comes to getting things done. I was grateful for the time I got to spend talking to Kate. She's on a mission, and she's not stopping until she gets where she wants to go. And she'll do it with style and with a giant smile on her face. Here is my Ad Yak with Kate Hughes. Kate Hughes, welcome to Ad Yak. Oh my gosh, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Absolutely. I've been looking forward to talking to you for, for a while. I, yeah, for a while? I, yeah, for a while, actually. Mm -hmm. I mean, I had you speak to my class at LCTI, so that kind of even like, oh, I'm definitely getting her on the podcast now after that, because that was fun. I hope you had fun that day. I had so much fun. I would, I have to be honest. I'm a yes man. So I'm like, yeah, I'll do this. I'll do that. And then I get there and as I'm, you know, parking my car, I'm like, what did I sign up for? Are these kids going to like eat me alive? Um, and I was pleasantly surprised because I don't have children, not really around kids. So I don't know what they're like these days, but your students are awesome. Really. You did great. You did really great. And one of the things that you said that really stuck out with me among many things, and I want to ask you about it first, first here, is um, you said, always put yourself in the best light. Always make sure that you're in your best light. And talk to me about that. How do you do that? How do you make sure you're always in your best light? I always try to have grace and give grace to people. So I have been as an adult in situations where, where they're less than pleasurable. <laughs> And, um, I always, I don't react right away. I kind of sleep on things so I can mentally process, which is kind of a blessing and a curse that when someone shocks me, I have, I don't know why, but I, I can't respond. I, I just I have no response. I'm just shocked. Um, which has served me well because then I can come back after processing the emotions and sort of deal with the situation. But to 
so that's part of it. If you're in a situation where it's not comfortable, my experience has been to not react out of emotion. And as far as presenting yourself to the world, you know, you want to dress to impress, dress for the job that you sort of want, not the one that you necessarily have. And just, I tr always treat everyone the same. I treat everyone uh, with respect because I know that's how I want to be treated. So I just go into a room knowing that everyone's equal in, in my eyes, in my mind. And I try to be kind to people. And that has that has also served me very well because um, in times when I need kindness, it, it has come back to me tenfold. So, and that's not the reason that I did it, but it's one of the added benefits. <laughs> of, well, of I just think it's, I think it's a really interesting point because you never know who's watching. Right. You never know who's watching. And I don't think, I don't think a lot of people understand that. I really don't. Because if they did, I think they'd behave a little bit differently, even on social media. Because if they right. almost just think like they're just sending these things to their friends and then it's like, no, potential employers could see it. Yes. Other people could see it. And ooh, sometimes I just see some things from people that I just think like, man, you know, you're not going to be able to take that back. That is out there now. Right. I just call it back. <laughs> yeah, right. 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 Yeah. Close the computer and it goes away. So, right. you know, I've I witnessed you in a lot of situations before I knew you, really. And every time I saw you, I was like, like you, you look like you were having fun. You look like you were it just like you were really into what you were doing. And I, that resonated with me. And and I remembered that, you know, I, cause oh. so many people, they, they just, they go to these events and you know, you've been to all these events. They can, it's, it's sometimes it's a lot of the same people. It's the same crowd. How do you show up for that every time shiny? <laughs> ready to kind of like engage, but you know, my interactions or non-interactions, just watching you, I, I I always saw you kind of like lighting up the room, if you will, you know, oh. and that's what, that's what stuck with me. So when I, when I was started to think about who can I, who can I bring in to talk to my students? That's when I remembered those things that, you know, when I, when I witnessed you do those things, I thought she'd probably be really good. And then I reached out to you and asked you, that was really kind of our first oh. interacting, right? It was, yeah. And as you were saying that, that brought up other things. When I when I'm talking to somebody at an event, I give them my complete and undivided attention. And I, I know you've been. We've just said it that we've been at all these events, and people come up. You know, you're talking to somebody, and they're doing this. I never look at them. Mm. I I always just keep my eye on the prize. Like I pay attention to people because they're giving me time, and I want to give them the same time and respect that they're giving me. So, um, and I always do that at, at events. I just am with the person that I'm, that I'm talking to in the moment and then I'll, and then I'll move on when it's over. <laughs> That's one of the best things you can give someone is your full attention. Yeah. Right. It's one of the most. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's the worst when you're talking to somebody and they're like, oh, oh yeah. Oh, you know, eh, okay. I'm not important. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't want that yeah. to happen to me. So I don't do that to other people. <laughs> right. Right. And if you realize you know, a lot of times I wrote a column about this once about listening. I said, you know, the, the art of listening really is the key to effective communication. It's listening Absolutely. because most of us are waiting to respond. We're not really listening. We're waiting for our chance to jump in and finish, you know, that thought, right? I always, I, I reference that as, as double Dutch, you know, you're just, you're waiting, you're waiting to jump in and you can tell those people that aren't really listening. I also loved what you said to the class was you talked about your first job. Yes. 
Um, and again, I'm, I'm going to let you tell it, but I just think it's so people just, you know, they want that, they come out of school and if they don't get that corner office, it's almost like, wow, I failed, you know, like, uh, what's the use? So talk about how you interacted with your first job and, and how you kind of transcended the role. And, and I just love how you, you know, kind of talked about that. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. So I was 14, actually, back in the day, I think when you could work when you were 14, and I started at McDonald's, my dad um, operated, I think, eight different McDonald's restaurants. So all the kids in our family, that was like our first job. Mm -hmm. And uh, Growing up, I was painfully shy, painfully shy, I could not even purchase something at a counter, I would have to give my brother, I would pick something out candy or whatever, and give my brother the money to go up to the counter, because I I was too shy to even have that interaction. And so <laughs> when I started working at McDonald's, I'll never forget like my first day, the manager came out and she was like, okay, just, you know, in front of the whole restaurant, just be like, can I help someone? And I was, I thought, oh my God, I cannot yell across this, this room. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I had to do it because it was my job. And I, <laughs> I remember being like, can I help someone? <laughs> um, but then, you know, you get used to it. And I sort of found my voice that way. I also learned that um, they put me in drive-thru, which I loved. I loved the fast pace of things. Um, I wanted to be the fastest. And we had back a thousand years ago, I'm going to date myself now, when uh, the value meals first started, I was working at McDonald's and they just were rolling them in. So they we had a contest. Whoever could sell the most um, value meals would win, I don't know, $5 or something in their paycheck. And I, people would come through and I would say, oh, would you like that in a value meal? Because they would order the sandwich, the drink and the French fry. And they would, of course, say no, because, you know, as you probably experienced, like, we've never done it that way kind of thing. And I would just, I would say, okay. And then I would just put it in anyway. And then they would pull up <laughs> and I would say, just so you know, um, I put it in as a value meal. So you're saving 50 cents or whatever it was. And they right. said, Oh, okay. So obviously I won the contest <laughs> because, um, I didn't take no for an answer. Cause I just thought this, they're going to save money. Who says no to sort of saving money. So it really taught me how to, to be a salesman. Um, really and uh to to not to have confidence and to find you know find my voice and be able to communicate with people teamwork absolutely it taught me it taught me so many things i i couldn't i actually can't believe it looking back at the golden arches but yeah my first job was at mcdonald's and then out of out of college like you said i didn't i didn't nail down that corner office either i i waitress for a while and um you know you make your way meet people and right places right times kind of thing and uh here we are i would say you used a little creativity in that value meal uh, there right <laughs> i certainly did yes <laughs> yeah yeah and i worked at mcdonald's in high school as well i know you did crazy actually i i was fortunate in that i got to open open the one at 15th and tillman Still there. Oh. So that was an interesting, it was me and my, my buddy, uh, we were both Deerhoof guys and you know, that's Allen territory. So mm -hmm. what was interesting about that experience was we got to know a lot of people at Allen because it was all Allen kind of teenagers that worked there. And here we were the two Deerhoof guys and they accepted us and we were fine and we all got along. 
but it, you know, it, it broadens your horizons. You know, it's like, now we know people at Allen, you know, and as a Dira person, that's a big deal. Cause like, you know, that's, true. that's the, yeah. that's the crosstown rivalry, but here we were working as teammates. And it was like, Hey, you know what? These, these people are pretty cool. And they're like, Hey, you guys are pretty cool. So it was kind of, it was fun. And I, I got to do it all. So I did the drive-through, I did the grill, I did maintenance. I did, wow. I, I scraped the pickles off the, the, that were flung by the Rocky Horror Picture Show players because that's the McDonald's they would go to after the Rocky Horror Picture Show showing at the midnight movies. And, and they would throw pickles. They would fling pickles and all kinds of stuff at the at the pictures. And I I was the guy that would go and scrape them off the next morning. Wow. And all the ketchup packs that were splattered against the the everywhere. Yeah. Was kind of I remember the ketchup packs. Yeah. I never did I never did grill. No one, no one has ever asked me to cook for them, just for the record. <laughs> I do not thrive in the kitchen. <laughs> I love that experience. I really did. I I had fun doing it. And and he, and yeah. you, you don't think about it at the time. I remember um kind of telling my buddies like, you know, as I was like, I'm not working at McDonald's. Whatever we do, I, I'll work anywhere but McDonald's. And there I ended up at McDonald's. And yeah. I liked it and I I learned from it. I, I learned a lot of stuff from it that Oh, that for sure. When you look back just how what you were saying, you know, those those things are there. Yeah. So let me ask you this, Kate, how do you stay positive in difficult situations? Experiencing something right now. And people say, when you're going through a hard time, they always say this. And and when you're going through it, like in the moment, as, mm-hmm. for me, it's not what I want to hear. <laughs> they say, when right. one door closes, another one opens. And you know that in your sure. head, that makes sense. Um, but when you're, when you're in the thick of it, I don't know, that's just kind of not what I want to hear. Um, but I do, uh, I journal every single day, every oh, wow. morning. I don't know if you're familiar with The Artist's Way. Yes. Uh, Julia, Cameron. Julia Cameron. Yeah. And she says three pages, you know, every day, even if you don't know what to say, you just write, I don't know what to say, I don't know what to say. Um, mm-hmm. That has really helped me get everything out. And um, I have a radio show and that's another <laughs> another therapy session for me. I, I kind of write down things that I think about during the week, jokes, uh, funny billboards, things like that. And then I just, you know, unleash the beast when I get that microphone in front of me. But um, I, I definitely, you know, I do yoga, working out, those things really help calm my my mind. But I just know that if you're going through something difficult, it's just temporary. It doesn't feel like it, but you have to just keep reminding yourself, this is temporary. This will not be like this always. I will climb this mountain. And um, that has always been my mindset. And when people kind of put in your head like, oh yeah, you're, I don't think you'd be able to do that, which people have said <laughs> to me, I use it as fuel. I definitely use that negativity. And I, and I think, um, okay, I'll, let me, let me show you exactly what I can do. And I always think that, you know, massive success is, is the best revenge out there. And you can, you can do it with class and style. You don't have to rub it in anybody's face, but, um, you know, and, and I, I do the things that make me successful. Obviously those things are for me. It's not because someone said something, but I just, it's a little bit of fuel that I get from, from people. I kind of spin their negativity and, and just use it as, as a jumping off kind of post. I have a quote for that. I say, sometimes you can draw more inspiration from the people who don't believe in you than from the ones who do. I've, yes. I don't know 
it is, but that's, yeah, it's I know. very It's the same with me. Same, same here. All you have to do is tell me I can't do something and I'm going to work 10 times as hard to prove you wrong. <laughs> yeah, so I wonder way, what that is. It's a blessing when someone says, really? I don't, yeah. I don't see you doing that. Hmm. Yeah. Hold my beer. I'm about to show you. <laughs> yeah. I remember I remember this very one specific incident. I was uh, was working at the morning call. I was a proof messenger. Now this is someone they don't even have this job anymore. This is basically what PDFs do now, right? Mm. You send a you send a uh, a PDF to a client so that they can like correct it, correct the ad. In the in the day that I was at the morning call, we drove the proofs. We we, we drove the proofs around and waited driving in a car? Yes. Wow. Uh, yeah, okay. there were four people that went out like across the valley, you know, north, south, east, west with with the proofs. And they had to be 24 inches and above. It wasn't every wow. it had to be 24 inches and above. And we'd take our non-photo blue pen and then we'd we'd go to markets and all kinds of places and they would mark up the ads. That's how that's how ads got corrected. And anyway, so one time I was um I was applying for the copy and layout position job, which was a copy and layout artist. And most people were supportive. They were kind of like, oh, wow, that's really nice. Like they didn't know my background. They didn't know that this is what I had studied at, at, at LCTI and Votech. I had commercial art. Like I had that background. Um, I just hadn't gotten, a, I hadn't found a job yet that would allow me to do it. So here I was with an opportunity. And I remember um, one girl said, you're a proof messenger. They don't hire proof messengers to be artists. And I remember thinking, <laughs> I remember thinking like, oh, I'm going to prove you wrong. <laughs> just what I, and I did. And I did. Yeah. And I didn't have to, like you said, I didn't have to go back and say anything. I just let my success do the talking because I, I got the role and I ended up uh, doing it for 10 years and I loved it. And that was, um, that was even before the Macintosh computers came on in 96. But yeah, that's, I don't know what that, I don't know where that comes from. That, that ability to, when someone says, you know, are you sure? I don't see you in that. And and if you, mm, that just, that just, that's all I need to hear. And off, I'm Me off. too. Yeah. I'm same, same clock. Mm -hmm. Cut from it. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But to your point though, with, with just being, with handling the disappointment, I think a, a real big game changer for me um, is, is gratitude is, is really yes. like stopping and saying, okay, all right. Things are really not where I want them to be right now. Um, but what do I do have that I'm grateful for? And there it is. That's the list that I would that, that I started to look at. And this was, uh, I remember, right before COVID happened and on all the shutdown and everything. And I just really started leaning into my gratitude. Like I really yeah. started looking. And I didn't have to look hard. You know, if I got up in the morning, I was like, well, that's, there you go. I'm up. I'm breathing. Number one, I'm, I'm alive. Walking. You know, right. Yeah. Before you get out of bed, you can probably have three things on your list already. Four, right? right? You get down, you have a cup of coffee. Gratitude. I'm drinking right. a cup of coffee. Mm, right. And then you just start your day. And I'll tell you what, as silly as that might sound, it works. No, it I firm believer. I failed to mention that. Yeah. At the end, I write everything that I'm grateful for. And you're right. When you're in a bad spot, you're like, okay, I'm grateful that I have the ability to walk, you know, like to use my limbs. It, you know, that's like bare bones, but yeah, there is a lot to be grateful for. And I, and I do see that with people, you know, if they're, you look at these people and that you think, oh, they have everything and they have this wonderful life, but they're not happy. 
And it's it's kind of like there's a laser focus on that one thing or that couple of things that they don't have. And that's that's where they put their energy when they have like a plethora of all these things that that they should be grateful for. And I think you're you're absolutely right. I I make sure that I every night before you go to bed, <laughs> you're supposed to do it. I do it in the morning. Um, and you just write down, I am grateful for, I am grateful that, and you're supposed to read it out loud. And when I when I did that at night, it was like a magic wand, Bill. I swear the good things started coming mm -hmm. to me. Mm -hmm. And I have to get back to doing it at night because there's just something to that. I think when you just go to bed on that emotional high, it, um, yeah, I don't know. It just does things to your brain while you're sleeping. <laughs> well, it's, you know, I think it's, I think it's energy. I think it's the energy that you're putting out into the world, you know, into the universe. If you're, if your energy is, is so intense that you're, you're, you're just, you're, you're frustrated or you're angry, you know, you're going to, it's going to push people away where if right. you're more grateful things can fall onto you, you know, yes. things can come your way because you're, you're open to it. Um, and you see it and you see it more mm -hmm. when, you're, when you're open to it for sure. Yes. hundred percent. Yep. How do you do it? Do you, do you write it down or you just say it out loud or you just think about it? I write it down because I always have a Sharpie near me with me and a journal and I fill up books. I mean, I have like thousands of sketchbooks down in my basement. I'm that I'm going to have to probably move now when I move, but they're all just all my random thoughts go in there. You know, um, that's how I do it. That's, Definitely. that's how I am. I write, I write everything down, everything in my phone too. I'll write things in my phone when I have like an idea mm -hmm. or a joke or something that I want to write later. I'm just constantly, there's, no, there's notes everywhere. I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad you understand what that's like. <laughs> oh yeah. And I'll tell you, it, it even gets down. It even gets even simpler, like a good night's sleep. A good night's sleep, what a gift that can be, right? Yeah. It, you, when you can really allow your your brain to kind of spin down. And I'm over, I'm an overthinker. So, and I think you might be as well. Same, yes. Yeah. So we don't have a little switch that we can go, okay, I need to, okay, brain, I need to kind of stop now. I'm done right. overthinking for the day or thinking for the day. It doesn't work like that. So um, a good night's sleep is one. Uh, meditation, as you said, yoga is a good one, you know, to kind of, just refocus you or, or even an activity that you can do that, um, is, is not in your, in your, you know, your space of what you need to do. You know, for me, painting walls, just paint blank, blank walls. Now that, that I do that every day, but when I do that, I find that that it allows my brain to quiet down. I don't know why it just That's flow state. You're in flow state. Right. Right. Getting it done. Yeah. Yeah. And here's you just another... randomly paint walls. That's no, amazing. No, 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 no. no. When, I, when I, I, I look forward to painting walls. So I, I volunteer to paint walls for people because I know that's going to be an opportunity for me to let my brain, that's this overactive hard drive, kind of calm down. Good so, to know. I'm going to call you. What about edging? That's where it. Know. That's where it happens in the cutting in. I cut in with like razor sharpness. Not me. Oh, yeah. I love it. My daughter just bought a house. And I went up to look at her uh, her house, and I said, you know, hey, who um who did your ceiling? And and because I was looking at it, and it was giving me like PTSD, like you know, right. um, or my OCD was kicking in, not PTSD. And she then said, would you be willing to um repaint it? I said, <laughs> you like you have your ladder, you just pull I your do. ladder. Up. I got everything, and I went and I did it, and I it was it was so cathartic for me. Went all the way around, cleaned up the edges, 
Bless now you. Now, I, I, so that that's funny that you mentioned that about how the cutting in, that's, oh. my, that's my superpower, cutting in. That's, that's amazing. <laughs> that's amazing. I can, I, I can really do it. And it, it, it lets my brain, I give myself a break from being myself. If that makes sense. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm just stuck on that. Cause I cannot, yep. I cannot wrap my head around that's That drives me insane. I can't do it. Well, because there's, you know, I have to do it because sometimes, you know, it's, it's hard to be an overthinker. It, it can wear you down. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mental tired, a mental tired is so much different than a physical tired. Right. Yes. Another thing that I start, another thing that I started doing in the mornings that actually helped set the tone for my day, very small, very simple, make my bed. Yes. Oh my God. That's huge. That's huge. I didn't do that for 30 years. For 30 years, I didn't do that. This is a recent three-year thing. Yep. Making your bed. And then I figured out, I, I, I was doing some research on it. The reason it works is because you're starting the day out with an accomplishment. Yes. Yeah. And also cleaning the sink in the bathroom. That's mm-hmm. a good one. Sure. Every day, every every day, clean the sink. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these are all things that you can do that 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 help set you up for for having a better day. Yeah, and then you come home and your your bed's made, your sink beautiful. is clean. It's a beautiful feeling. Right? Feeling. <laughs> yeah. So I told you my superpower is cutting in. What's your superpower? It's kind of stupid, but I'll share it with you. I can um, pick out clothing and know that it's going to fit me perfectly without trying it on. Everyone, wow. everyone is amazed by that. <laughs> um, and I don't think this is a superpower. I'm gonna, I'm gonna follow it up with something that's cooler. Mm-hmm. I, I can drive stick, and I prefer. I only buy cars that are stick shift. That's They're not even making them anymore. I had the last one. I had to have it brought to me from like another city. Wow, really? Yeah. Yeah, just I just like having control. But people think when they hear that you can drive a stick shift, people are impressed by that. So I would say that's one of one of two. <laughs> I don't have to try clothes on, and I can drive stick. There, there it is. Okay, I learned how to do that when I was in high school, um, and I yeah, not that I don't have that. Uh, I don't have it in my car now. But I think I think probably the reason why you like that. I'm just going to throw this out there: is it 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 engages you more in the process of driving? Yes. Right. Yeah. You have to be, you got to be on point. You got to be paying attention to what you're doing. It's not just like, you don't just like put the blinders on, press, press the gas and go. You're, you got to be committed. Yeah. That's you have to be of- in it to win it. How about mm-hmm. the old stick shifts? Do you remember being on a hill, like an oh, incline yeah. and you're like, oh my God. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you're stopped and you, please, please let the car go up. Oh, th- those were scary times, but they're different now. This, the stick shifts are now different that you don't have to worry about that rolling back like you used to mm, okay all right yeah. all right <laughs> so here's one for you what's something that you know now that you wish you knew when you were growing up a lesson a, some some type of thing that you know a truth that you that you learned that you you thought to yourself boy that, that would have been helpful to know 20 years ago there's a couple um First thing, it was my first experience with, I guess, sort of like being bullied. Um, people used to make fun of me for being short. And I was, that would devastate me. If anyone were like, you are short, I, they would point it out. They always pointed it out. Oh, she's really short. And um, it just was this thing that I was like, I wish I was taller. <laughs> and being an adult now, I mean, I can't reach things in the grocery store, of course, you know, and I have, I have a little step stool that I have to pull out in the kitchen, but 
it doesn't matter how tall you are. I mean, and I wish somebody would have said that to me as a little kid, like, don't, don't worry about height. That doesn't factor mm -hmm. in at, at all, but a, a real thing. I, I wish that somebody would have told me when someone is mean to you in any capacity, no matter what they say to you, it has very little to do with you. And it is mostly about themselves. And when I learned that lesson, which wasn't that long ago, a couple of years ago, it really, it just, I don't know, it just lifted something off of my shoulders. I just felt like, oh, that's a, that's about them, you know, and it just took the onus off of me. And I think that that information would have been very helpful growing up for sure. Interesting. I like that one. Yeah. Cause you know, people can be like, you know, people that are cutting you off or like beeping at you and you're like, ah, oh, you know, and it kind of upsets you. But if you think, oh, they've got something going on, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. that has nothing to do with me kind of thing. It just, it lets it kind of blow by. Okay. Right. Is How about I, you? Yeah. I, I think, I think realizing that um, people have things going on in their life that I don't understand. And that, that does affect how they are reacting within the world. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, so I just, I try to be more empathetic with that, more, more understanding of, you know, not knowing the battles that other people might be fighting that I don't know about. And right. don't, I don't want to assume. Um, and I think in the past, um, I assumed too much and, and kind of like, you, yeah. you know what I mean? And almost was like, you should behave like this. Why aren't you doing this? You're wrong for doing this. And that's not me. That's not for me to determine that or judge that. And I think I've gotten better a lot better with that because like you oh, said I... people would cut me off back you know 25 years ago i would like lay on the horn i was that guy i would like i want yeah, like i was like almost like wanted to follow them to their house i wouldn't throw the <laughs> finger or anything but i wanted them to know you know there was no one behind me right like, what do you think? like what was that about yeah like, where are you going like so like in a yeah so now i now it's funny because in the past couple of years, as it would happen, I wouldn't even, it wouldn't even, it doesn't even bother me anymore. It doesn't even phase me. I just, it's just let it go. Good. You're in a, you're in a great place then for sure. Yeah. That's, that's the place I want to live. I live in that place. Good. I would like to move in there. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not quite there yet. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, let me ask you this then. What about, I, I, this word has gotten a lot of play, um, uh, in the past couple of years. I don't know if it's because of the old friends episode where they're trying to move the couch, but uh, I, know I, I know it's a great meme. What do you got? This is seltzer, but I put it in a fancy glass. Oh, uh, okay. Um, pivoting the art, Ugh. of the pivot. Master um, pivot right here. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I think there's even an agent, couple agencies now called pivot. Um, but so, so talk to me about uh, that, that art form of, of the ability to pivot. Whew. Again, when you're when you experience loss or when someone pulls the rug out from under you, it is a feeling that I don't love. <laughs> and I don't think a lot of people do. However, um, it's happened to me a couple of times in my adult life. And you think like, oh, it's going to be just as hard or, you know, you'll have to be back in that same place when you have to pivot again. And I, my experience has been that, uh, yes, there's that initial shock and um, loss. You think your future is going a certain way and then surprise, it, it isn't going that way. And I do feel as though, 
you have to grieve um, for mm. that loss. Mm. And I think if you think that you can just ignore it and move on to the next thing, and I, I don't mean like, you know, <laughs> go on a drinking bender, like, you know, stay in bed for days on end. I don't mean that. I just mean properly grieve it, properly go mm. through the emotions because I have learned that the only way to get to the other side is is to go through it. You can't go over it, you can't go under it, you can't cover it up. You have to go through it to get to the other side. And I, I actually, we talked a little bit offline. I was a dancer my entire life and there is um, a dance move that is called a pivot. And it is exactly that. It's just go, starting to go in one direction and then going in the other direction. And I actually wrote something about it. I posted it on social media about, you know, being a dancer and, you know, how that helps you be physically and mentally flexible to be able to pivot, to be able mm. to do an about face kind of thing. And I think my experience um, with that art form has definitely helped me to navigate uncharted territory or uneasy waters. And yes, I, did I lose something? Yes, absolutely. I lost something. Is something going in a different way than I anticipated? Absolutely. Um, will I be sad about it? Uh, yes. Um, will I stay sad about it? Absolutely not. <laughs> you mm -hmm. know, I, I am, I am a very blessed and grateful person. Um, the community has stepped up for me. I don't know why, um, numerous times and has reached out to me when, um, I have had to pivot mm -hmm. and has had my back has helped me, um, said that they would, you know, whatever you need and, uh, and they mean it. It's crazy. But I think, again, that's just a testament to how I treat people, you know, and that's what people are saying to me. They're like, oh, well, these things are coming to you because of the way that you treat people. And, um, that has been very helpful in, you know, having to, to do the pivot. Um, but yeah, I think you first step is grieve, is grieve the loss of whatever it is, and then come up with a plan. <laughs> you know, I write lists. I'm a, I'm a list maker. I'm a mm -hmm. checker offer of the lists mm -hmm. and, um, you know, ask for help. That, that is my biggest thing. You know, people say, oh, you know, whatever you need, you know, call them on it <laughs> say, well, here, you said you'd help me and I, and I need help right now. And I have a firm belief in, you know, asking for the things that I need, want, and am deserving of. And that has served me very well in my life. I've been able to get many things because I've asked for them. And people say to me, like, how do you just ask for things? Well, I, I figure I'm going in with what I have. And if they say no, I'm leaving with what I have. But if they say yes, I'm walking out with something I didn't have before. So um, yeah, if there's something that you want or desire or need to get, go after it and you know, make those calls, send those emails. Hey, I need some assistance. Do you know somebody that can help me with this? And, and you'd be really surprised <laughs> the people that will, will help you out when, when they know that you need help. It makes mm -hmm. other people feel good too. I, I I love helping people. I love connecting people. And, you know, I think post pandemic or wherever we are in this pandemic, um, you know, what is it called? The great resignation, you know, people leaving their jobs or changing jobs, you know, and the world is, is much different than it was in 2019. 
And I think people are, are more, they have more empathy for people's situations. And not that I would take advantage of that. And not that I recommend people taking advantage of that, but, you know, I've noticed, I've talked to a lot of people in our community. They, they are vulnerable and they will tell you their story. And I don't take that for granted. And I, I've seen a lot of good in people. I've seen a lot of um, struggle, you know, throughout this. And it's made made me aware that, you know, you know, I'm not alone. None of us are alone in this. You know, we're all just trying to navigate and figure this out. And at the end of the day, we're, we're all human. And uh, if you surround yourself with good people, I think that's you. That's a great way to, to, try to be a successful person. And I don't mean monetarily, I mean, successful in going after what you want mm-hmm. and, um, you know, sort of, sort of like making your dreams come true because other people, they, they will help you if they, if they know that you need the help. Mm-hmm. So ask. <laughs> well, I think it's, you know, the answer is always no, if you never ask. Right. So it's like the lottery. We were like, I wish it won the lottery. Well, then you have to play. <laughs> right. They just want to win. Yeah. Buy a ticket. <laughs> mm-hmm. I remember, I remember in my creative talks that I would give when I would go out and, you know, for the ad club and I'd go to colleges and universities. And, and one of the things that I would do at the end, it would be lessons I learned the hard way. And one of the, one of the, the, the pieces of advice that I would, would give the students is um, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Right. And I know what that means, but it wasn't until I law, I was laid off. And then two weeks later was told, I'll be, I won't be married anymore, where I finally realized, oh, so that's what that statement means. Okay. Um, yeah, it was like a, like a lesson that I gave out coming back to me and saying like, now, how's that feel? And it was, I, I don't recommend that. If you're going to yeah. do it, do one or the other. Don't do both <laughs> at the same time. You're just that's showing off, lot. Bill. <laughs> I know that was a, yeah, well, that shook me. That that really rocked me. And that's where, you know, just to your point about, you know, starting to think, okay, I gotta, I gotta stay shiny, I gotta stay bright, I gotta stay up, even though, you know, I do this daily quote. Um, I've been doing it for 20 plus years. It's I used to call it the thought bomb, but the word bomb now doesn't get past the 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 spam filter or the filters. Don't say that. <laughs> so now I have to say, you know, Monday thought or Tuesday thought. But um one of the things that I did, I because I had a lot of people like on that list over the years, I collected them all, you know, and even with my layoff, I was laid off for seven months. I got up every day and I still sent that thought bomb. And I know people were like, you know, you could automate that to send automatically. I was like, yeah, I know, but that, no, I need to get up, open a laptop and type that email, type that quote, find it and send it. And believe it or not, that stupid little thing helped me. It helped me get ready for my day. Yeah, I had to get up. I felt obligated. I didn't want to just like go away for, you know, however long it took because then people would be like, Hey, I'm not getting the thought bomb. Where's the thought bomb. What's going on with the thought bomb. And <laughs> I did, I didn't do it in a way where I, I, I kind of was like a cat in that. I went, I went inside myself to kind of deal with this. I didn't put it out on social media that I'm laid off. Oh, and by the way, I'm getting divorced. I, I just like went internal with it. Yeah. And, you know, I don't, I don't know if that's a generational thing. I just didn't feel that that was like something that I wanted. I didn't feel comfortable putting that out there in that way. So people who knew me knew, 
And then I, I just kind of worked the phones and I, I was, that's what I, that's what I did. Isn't it funny? That's, that has happened to me, you know, something in your life gets flipped, turned upside down and your phone. I mean, it's, it's amazing. I think people checking in on you, Mm -hmm. asking you how they can help you. It's, it's, it's incredible. It's a really reassuring feeling too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A lot of coffees with people. You know, yeah. people were like, hey, let's get a coffee. And to me, I, you know, it was just, it was, it was just nice to have people um listen and be there for for you, for me. Um, of course, I wanted a job out of it, uh, but you know, I, <laughs> you know are you hiring? I know. So I was like, so <laughs> this, this this coffee doesn't come with a job at the end. Okay. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I was expecting something else. <laughs> yeah, but well, yeah, that's that's one of the things too that I I had to learn over the past couple of years is um being more realistic with my expectations. Yeah. Oh gosh. I think that's, I think that's huge. I think everybody has to sort of mm-hmm. reel it in with that too. I, and you know, I think, and I think I mentioned this when I was talking to your kids, like people say to you, Oh, you can be whatever you want. You know, when you're a little kid, you, you what do you want to be when you go, you can do whatever you want. Well, I mean, that's true to a certain extent, but you have to work hard for the things that, that you want. You have to put the time in. And, um, I was just talking to somebody the other day, my show that I do that it's called most flammable. Oh, it's basically about, um, how my life, I, (laughs) at any point I could just spontaneously, you know, burst into flames. And, um, someone said to me the other day that people want to be, he said, they want to be set on fire. Like, you know, the most flammable thing. He's like, they, they want that. They want to be set on fire, but they don't want to burn. And I was like, I am writing that down. I'm stealing that. Mm-hmm. And it's true. If you want something, you, at least for me, I am laser focused when I want something and I will ask <laughs> for the things that I need in order to get there. I, I have no problem. <laughs> My friends are like, Oh God, what do I have to do for you now? I'm like, come on. Mm-hmm. come with me <laughs> um but you know i have had open wounds you know sort of publicly that you know not great i had it my one show all of my tech stuff failed they just everything my powerpoint oh, okay just didn't work i think we sort of talked about that when i was at your is this the is this the show th- this isn't your comedy this is yeah this yeah this is your comedy okay all right yeah, do you it's do this um, on a regular basis. I've done most flammable. I think I've done well. I've done three iterations, but I've done four shows, um, all at the Steel Stacks in Bethlehem. Okay. And the first show that I ever did it was just you know I had this idea and I went to Steel Stacks Ryan Hill who books all the talent there. He's my friend. I know him well. And yeah, I'm sure you do. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I have this idea for the show. Um, there's going to be video and photos and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I know I can, I know I can sell out. And he, I mean, I never, never wrote a show or did a show or anything. And he, he booked me. <laughs> I lied to him. I didn't, I hadn't written one word. Um, and he booked me mm-hmm. and the night, I think it was that first show. I think it was he came backstage and I was nervous. And he said to me, Kate, now you're, you're going to mess up. And I thought, what kind of pep talk is this? (laughs) And he said, um, 
He was making expectations. <laughs> He's like, um, but just go with it. He's like, that's what people like about you. And I'm like, oh, they, they love my failure. No, but he was trying to say like, don't let that upset you. You know, obviously there's going to be a misstep, something, you know, you might miss a line or something, but don't let that ruin what you have going on here. I could hear the roar of the crowd. I mean, I sold out wow. that, my first show and they asked me to come back and do it again. The same show. I've sold out every show that I've done there. When are you doing it again? Yeah. Uh, God, I'm when are you doing it again? <laughs> well, um, I actually started to work with a, a PR person. So we're going to try to put together a, a tour. <laughs> One of my bucket list things is I love our local community. I very much believe in supporting local. I think it's hugely important. Obviously, it stimulates the local economy. And I want to have a show at the Easton State Theater. It seats 1,500 people. Mm-hmm. I want to sell it out. And um, I, I just started planning this with my PR person. And mm-hmm. she's like, yeah, let's do it. So we're putting together, you know, other acts that can sort of open for me. But yeah, that's that's my goal. That's my new goal. I want to, I really want to do it because, you know, the clock is ticking and no one else is going to do it for me unless I do it for myself. I don't even remember what the question was. Was there a question? It was about, um, yeah, you know what? I don't remember. I do know this. There is a quote that I I don't know who said it, but it's one of my favorite quotes. I should know who the author is, but I don't. But it says, the most powerful weapon on earth is the human soul on fire. Oh, really? You might, I I can send that to you. I, I probably use it as a thought bomb over the years, but I love that one. The most powerful weapon on earth is the human soul on fire. Yes. And that we were talking about the show, but yeah, my, all my, my last show, my uh, PowerPoint presentation, I had horrible problems with it and it it just, it didn't work. It didn't work. And Mm -hmm. I'm out there and I'm like, Oh my God, how do I get through this? And I just, I just did it. I just pretended. I was like, Oh, look at my mom. Doesn't she look great? You know, and she's, it's completely blank. Oh, right. Okay. Sure. Sure. And um, afterwards, people thought that I did that. Um, they're like, that was part of it, right? And I was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, interesting. But it taught me, it was a huge lesson in many ways, but it taught me that, you know, I don't have to rely that heavily on bells and whistles. I mean, I I still did an amazing show. People, and you can feel that, you know, when you're a performer, you can feel the energy of the crowd and they were definitely laughing and engaged and they were with me the whole time, even though the major part Mm -hmm. of my show was not there. Um, Well, you're your show. You're not, the slides aren't your show. You're, you're, you're the show, you know, right? Yeah. I know that now. Yeah. There you go. Okay. (laughs) So let me ask you this. You, you, you're, you're a creative person, right? You, you use creativity in, in, you know, what you do in your life. Um, How do you, how do you navigate uh, the non-creative types that are out there when, when it has to do with getting things approved or ideas that you want to, you know, try and you just, you know, have you, have you run into that a lot or, or, you know, how do you kind of navigate that? That world I, I is like kind of you know you know what I'm talking about. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. I, I've been accused of being uh, creative. Um, that's what they're we're called creatives. Yeah. They're like mm-hmm. we, you know we were nervous to work with a creative, which I th- feels like sort of like I don't know is that an oxymoron? Why would you be nervous to work with somebody who can think outside the box? You know who can think a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Um, I always feel 
when I'm assembling a team for a project, you know, I know my strong suit, like, like I said earlier, no one's ever asked me to cook them a meal. No, no, ask anyone in my family. No one's like, oh, Kate's going to make us dinner. No one ever would want that. So I know I don't have that skill set and I don't feel bad about that. That's fine. Um, but I know that I am, I am great with people. Um, I'm a great communicator. So I focus on my skill set and the people that can do the other things like the like the tech people like not not my skill set um i feel as though i can have um a symbiotic relationship with them on a project i and i just say i i'm just very honest i'm like you know you're really good at this and i need that and i can do this sort of thing and um i just try to try to make sure that they know that they're appreciated for what they bring to the table. And, you know, because I want to be appreciated for what I bring to the table and I'm not better or worse than the other person. We, we work together to make a a product or do an event or something. Um, And I look for people that don't have the skill sets that I have or vice versa. So to answer your question, like, I call them the nine to fivers, those, those people, um, Interesting. we need them. I need them. I, I love those people and they just possess a different skill set that, that I don't have. And, you know, and we, we, as creatives, um, you know, can think in a different sort of way and, you know, we can turn a no into it, into a yes, if we craft it the right way. Uh, or make someone see something from a different perspective. And uh, that has value. And I think that if people think that creative people are less valuable, then they're sorely mistaken. (laughs) Because, uh, you know, as we go along here, we have to be, I mean, look at all the commercials that are out now. I mean, there's a lot that are very funny and, and different than what we had growing up, you remember like the butter commercials, like this is butter and it's delicious. You know, mm-hmm. now yeah. it's like people throwing butter across the room mm-hmm. just, just to get your attention, to make you see things in um, a very loud world. So I think creativity is on the rise. And, but yeah, I've, I have run into that. Like we, we were worried about you because you're a creative. <laughs> I was like, you shouldn't be, you should be worried about you. why don't you worry about yourself (laughs) Uh you know i think it's almost like um when you're i think i i think i'm safe in saying this when you're when you're someone that leans in hard to your creativity you know that's where overthinking does come into play and does serve a role okay because for me like when i was working at an agency you know i was always kind of like like how do we push this how do we take this idea and make it even better like it's good now it's good it's good how do we make it great and then once we get to great how do we make it exceptional and then maybe that exceptional how do we make it unforgettable right that's where you want to live that's the but that but that's a lot of hard work you yeah. know um how do you I, I i i just thought of this question right now how would you explain overthinking to someone who doesn't know what it is how would you explain it i'm curious to know how you would explain this you just play it again and play it again it just you know I do the thing where oh what could I have done to make something better and I just I just fixate it on it 
And I, I think, you know, I mean, I, I'm a talker, obviously, and my poor husband, I'm like, you know, and another thing, and, I, <laughs> and I'm constantly uh -huh. telling him the same story over and over again, so I can like work it out in my head. So maybe the question is better suited for my husband. <laughs> mm. I'll be like, I'll let me tell you, you about overthinking. How do you deal with an overthinker? It is good to have somebody that really listens to you and you know, knows how to deal with you. He's not the kind of person that would say, oh, well, you know, when one door closes, another one opens. Um, because he knows that's, it's true. And I know that information. And I'm not saying that that's bad advice. And, you know, mm -hmm. I, I think people say that because they want to say something positive. Mm -hmm. So I understand that. Mm -hmm. um, but he's the kind of person who will let me talk, get it out, um, and empathize with me. And he will also, you know, later say, you know, I thought about what you said and he'll come up with ideas. We come up with things together. We're a great team. It's, it's amazing to like, you know, to like marry your friend. It's awesome. Well, um, Kelly and I worked out a thing where when I get into that place, um, and we we both agreed that we would do this. And I think it's I think it's it's exactly the way to go. You ask the person, are you looking for comfort or solutions? Yeah. Because there's there's a difference. There's, oh, yeah. there's times where I just need you to hear me. Right. I just need you to hear what I'm saying. That's the comfort, right? If you if you constantly are trying to to salute to do the solution, then it 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 becomes you're not lit, you know, you get frustrated that you're not you're not listening. You're not listening. You're not right. listening. And it, so you just ask, are you looking for comfort or solutions? And That's it's one or the other. And yeah, it kind of, it's kind of brilliant. I don't know where I got, I read it somewhere and I just thought we're doing this because this is going to, yeah. this works. Um, yeah. It's, it's so true. It's so true because, you know, and, and I think he just inherently knows he's known me for several years now at this point, mm -hmm. he knows, when I need to just, you know, let it out and he needs to listen, but that's, I wish I could, I wish I could say that to other people. <laughs> like, oh, listen, why not? I'm, I'm looking, um, I just need to talk. I just need you to listen. You know, I, mean, I might start doing that actually. Cause that would save me some grief. I have actually had somebody, I was telling them, I, I just got, got to like a sort of boiling point and, mm -hmm. uh, I cried. Okay. And at the time, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have cried in front of this person because it made them feel like, oh, she, you know, she's very upset. She's very emotional. And in that moment I was, and then this person was like, I hate seeing you like this. You know, you, you take on too much. You do this to yourself. And all those things are true. You know, I take on too much. I put my, I, I put myself in, in situations that are probably stressful, definitely stressful, mm -hmm. but it's not like I was sitting there thinking like, I wonder how I got here. Like, I know exactly how I, I did it. I did it. I don't need someone to tell me you did this to yourself. Yes, I know I did that to myself. Mm -hmm. And what I needed was just someone to listen in that moment, um, you know, and be sort of empathetic. But what I got was how they are able to sort of navigate and heal. They need it. And he told me, you know, I had somebody in my life that said to me, you messed this up. You did this to yourself. And that, that worked for him, but that's not how everybody operates and heals mm -hmm. and works through things. So yeah. that's a very, 
What does it say it again? So I remember. What Are you, you looking for comfort or solutions? Okay. Yeah, that's good. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm using that. Feel Thank free. you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so let me ask you this. Would the eight-year-old version of Kate be happy with the current version of Kate? I worry about answering this question because I do worry about the ego quite a bit. I, I, and I need to work on that. I need, I, I worry that people think that I think of myself a certain way. There, mm -hmm. I said it. But with that being said, I think if I went to my eight-year-old self and said, you have a radio show when you grow up and you mm -hmm. get to do live theater and you've been in films and you get to be on podcasts. I think her head would pop off. <laughs> I think it's, I think I would just be like, are you serious? I would be amazed as my eight-year-old self to, to know that I've um, done these things and have accomplished these things. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I'm a little... I was a little hesitant about answering that question, honestly, but the, the truth of it is, yeah, I think, I think a lot of people, you know, we just go through, at least I do go through, you put your head down, get to the next thing, go through the next thing without really sitting back. And this is different than gratitude. It's recognizing, you know, the journey yes. Yes. and the accomplishments and seeing it for what it really is because it can get lost in the shuffle and often does if you don't take that time and and it's not it's not ego it's i don't know what it is it's just acknowledgement of accomplishments i don't and think my eight-year-old self would be stoked man <laughs> yeah i don't think we do that enough i think like you said i think we just put the blinders on and we're just like what's the next thing what's the next thing what's the next thing and you do have to kind of take a step back sometimes and look at how far you've come you really have to it's not you know it's not a melancholy thing or it's it's just an acknowledgement of like i know i've talked about this on the podcast and other episodes but like i i have grown more in the past four years than I had in the last 52 years. Amazing, right? Yeah, because I would have thought by now I'd kind of, I, I would have been, I'd have everything I would need, but I, I still needed more to learn and I'm still learning and I'm never going to stop learning. And that's what's wow. exciting about it because there's, and there's more stuff on the horizon. Yep. Just last night, Kelly said to me, we were talking and she said, Phil, did you ever stop and think like, when you said the ad club that you were going to bring the podcast back, did you ever stop and think you could, what makes you think you could do a podcast? Did you even think about that? And I went, no, I just knew I wanted to have conversations with people that I admire and talk to them about creativity. She's like, think about that. You just told the ad club I'm coming back. I want to, I want to relaunch ad yak. And you did it. And, and I didn't, I didn't even think about that. I, right. again, blinders. Next episode, next guest, next this, yeah. let the be right. And and I was like, oh yeah, I was like, I I you're right. I didn't, I never really thought of that. It's it's because not everybody, not everybody's comfortable doing this. Not everybody would be comfortable. Very few people are, by the way. Very few people are. And there's a lot of people out there that have aspirations and do zero things about them for many different reasons. Mm -hmm. So yeah, when you make something happen, when there's something in your head that you yeah. turn into a reality there needs to be a celebration of that. I never stopped to think about, could I do it or not do it? I just, I had the confidence yeah. to, to say, I'm going to do this. And then it just became like, 
you know, get the get the theme song going from uh, Dan Ross wrote the theme song, you know, talk to some people ahead of time. Would you be on? Okay, sit tight. I got to work on. Yeah. Yeah. And to your point about being up on stage and having your background not working, you know, um, I had a rough I had a really rough week this week. It was just a rough week. You know, nothing, nothing earth shattering. I just was tired. And yeah. just and but you know what? Professionals show up and they do the job, no matter what kind of stuff is going on in their life, because they know they have a job to do. And they know that I'm not going to come on this podcast and be like, hey, okay. So, mm, right? Show up, man. Show snap up. out of it, Bill. Snap right. out of it. Right. Right. <laughs> and funny point. Now that I'm on here and I've been talking to you, I feel amazing. Now oh, I feel good. Now I can go have my weekend and I'm, 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 but like, you know, prior to getting on, I was like, you know, oh man, I can't believe we got to do this. Oh, I'm so tired. Uh, and why do we do that to ourselves? Sabotage. Yeah. And then yeah, I get on, I talk to you and now I'm ready. Now I'm put back together. Well, that's my, that is my third superpower. <laughs> I would, can I would you, agree. I bring Thank it out. You. You're welcome. You. And also let's not just gloss over the manifestation that has occurred you you manifested this and that you know that is that is real it's real you you put forth the steps to you know to make it happen you didn't just think about it but you manifested what you wanted to happen and i think you know people they either don't believe in it or they think it's mm -hmm. like you know hocus pocus kind of stuff but it it is real like when you oh, when you really want something when you really want it um more than anything i firmly believe you, you you will get it and that's that i've been like that with everything my my career my education <laughs> my husband um when i want something i i get it um i work for it but mm -hmm. i will get it. Mm -hmm. Oh, I, t I totally believe in that because this, these past four years have shown me that. Um, and just the, the things that, that I think about, I think that that quote from the secret, the things that you think about and think about, you bring about. Mm, I forgot about that. Mm -hmm. And there's a trick with that because the, the secret stuff isn't just, I want more money. And then it's like, where's my money? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta put the work in. You gotta yeah. put the work in, right? You gotta, yeah. you gotta be willing to go into those situations or when things aren't working out for you and still come out being like, nope, I'm grateful. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. And even when you know all that stuff, it still sometimes can trip you up and yeah. you can kind of, next thing you know, you, you find yourself, you know, you know, wrapping the chains and becoming like, you know, all, you know, complaining about how the, the world isn't orchestrating itself to like, you know, you, right. you know, you gotta, you yeah. have to like live into that gratitude first before the things can start coming your way. And that is one of the things that, that has totally happened to me for the past four years to, in a, in a, in a way that uh, I'm still, still processing it. You it's know, pretty marrying, remarkable. Marrying mm -hmm. Kelly, getting the teaching role that I have at LCTI, the book that I'm finished and working on, um, I'm getting close to, to, uh, doing a, a potential, um, voiceover going into oh, voiceovers. That's great. That's, that's awesome. I'm working on all of it. And while at the same time, moving my house years ago, this would have sunk me. All this stuff would have been too much. I would have been like, I'm done. I'm tapped right. out too much. I'm not, 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 now it's just like, just let's go. Let's keep going. Cause like you said, okay. time is ticking.
Time is ticking. That is for sure. That's the one thing that doesn't change. Time. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> I know it's a cliche, but life, life is short. Whew. Yeah. My, my favorite aunt, it was my great aunt. She said to me, every decade goes faster than the one before. And I remember her saying that to me, you know, and I was like 20 or something. And I'm like, that's, you're ridiculous. But mm -hmm. she is, she was spot on, spot on. It does every decade faster. It's amazing. And speaking of time, we're about <laughs> out of ours. I know. This is what, this was great. Thank you for doing yeah. this. I, I, like I said, I, I just had a, it, it just was a rough week. I just had a rough week and and I I feel better feel better now having oh. come to someone and and shared some some creative thought and some really interesting thoughts I the overthinking thing I knew you were I knew you were one but like it's it's always nice when you can meet someone from the that understands that aspect um yeah. of it and and kind of yeah Thank you. For no, this was wonderful. My gosh. Thank you. I totally interrupted you. This thank you so much. I was really looking forward to this. And same thing crazy week, crazy, crazy week. Um, and this was a great, great ending. I want to ask you one more question. Sure. What's the best piece of advice you ever got? Ooh, best piece of advice. Um, I would have to say I've gotten a lot of <laughs> some solicited, some unsolicited to know your value, always know your value. And that can come in many forms in relationships and jobs, you know, in, in dealing with people, you know, you're, you're worth it. You're just as valuable as the person standing next to you. And, um, you know, know that walking into a room or, or any space that you go into that you have value and your story matters, you know, where could people listen to the radio show? Well, it's live. It's um, oh. WXLV.com. It's also on iHeartRadio. It's every Monday, 12 to 3. It's the Lunch Express. <laughs> okay. The Lunch Express. So WXLV. Okay. WXLV. And okay. that's every Monday, 12 to 3. And um, actually, yeah, well, this is a podcast. But I had I had a great month. I'm having a great month. Some comedy gigs coming my way. Just coming my way. It's crazy. So very grateful this stuff so hopefully you'll see me on stage sometime soon <laughs> well we're all on stage right yes the world is our stage <laughs> kate thank you thank you this you was will, awesome okay. all right yeah you too take care bye all right ad yakers hope you enjoyed it because we have many more great conversations planned and guests lined up ready to yak it up Adyak is sponsored and produced by ASR Media. Theme song was written and performed by Dan Ross. Location recording was at JT Norman's Design Studio. Adyak is the official podcast of the AAF Greater Lehigh Valley Ad Club. Stay hungry, stay humble. Till next time. This episode of Adyak is rated O for, oh man, that was good. <laughs>